Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. Will Watts from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. Inside Black and Gold. We are here, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak, for the latest edition and we're getting ready for what else? The NFL draft. Free agency's kind of slowed down in this moment. We haven't heard any of the Saints bringing in uh, any new pieces and signing them, but it's all been about draft visits now, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. There really hasn't been much news since, you know, last week, which is kind of normal. Like Andrew Dowell was the last player that we've seen signed. I would be surprised if they bring in anybody else. Um, prior to the draft, right? Like you might see some low-level signings toward the end. But yeah, so we're going to go through our mock drafts 3.0 today. I also want to want to call out what, a reporter who has declared the Saints to be the Cinderella team of the 2023 season, which I appreciate. And then we're also good. Well, we're just going to run through some of the pre-draft visits that we've seen reported that we might not have gotten to the last time we talked about them. So let's start there and... There are a few that I think are more notable than others. Um, one guy who I got a close look at earlier this month that I think is definitely on the table for the Saints, whether it's as a draft pick in the late rounds or an UDFA if he gets there, is Jaqueline Roy, 
kid out of LSU, defensive tackle. One of the reasons I like him a lot is he just can move, right? I like, I want to see the Saints get a little more athletic. I want to see them pick up athletes on the defensive line because I don't think they have enough of them. I think they're a very slow defensive line group, generally speaking. And so that's going to be a theme today is getting a little more athletic. And I think Jaquelin Roy at LSU, he's an interesting guy and I could see them bringing him in. Yeah, the defensive line is still an area I want to address too. And you you lost some of that. I, I thought Shy Tuttle was a pretty athletic DT, but obviously, you know, he's not really around anymore. He'll go in history though for that obviously huge play against Matt Ryan years ago. But yeah, the the DT spot for this team uh, still needs some beef, and I would I would love a guy like Jaquelin Roy to someone like you said that can also is athletic and make moves kind of thing. But you know this team stigma has always been obviously do they drop LSU players, and that's kind of changed I guess around with a play with a with Coach Dennis Allen around because we saw them bring in Taran Matthew last year. Obviously, a Jarvis Landry. It seemed like that LSU Tiger hex had been broken. I guess I still haven't drafted them. No, right. And so that's that's the question: is <laughs> do you start drafting LSU players? And so there have been a few top thirty visits. Obviously, we talked about Jaquel and Roy. Makai Garner is also a guy they brought in for a top thirty visit. So you know maybe these are maybe these are guys you end up seeing later in the draft. The other thing that I saw that I, I find interesting is so we already know about the Hendon Hooker visit. They also had a visit from. Clayton Toon from Houston, and then also Aiden O'Connell, who's a quarterback out of Purdue. Now, if you know anything about the Saints, they have something of an affinity for former Purdue quarterbacks, it almost seems like. I don't know why. Maybe Drew Brees has something to do with it. Maybe he got a high recommendation from a said Drew Brees, and that's why you bring him in. I don't know, but I thought that was interesting to see. I'm very curious to about what this team ends up doing uh, over overall, but the the... I think the prime position still for me in this draft is going to be offensive line just because I want to protect the newest asset. And when we get into things later on, obviously with our mock drafts, that's that was the direction I went. And then you talked about uh, a theme for you. My theme, this this mock draft ended up being the SEC. And, and uh, all three of my picks in rounds one, two, and three from the Southeastern Conference. And not such a bad thing when you can tell it when you consider, obviously, the talent level that's there. No, and so there was an SEC left tackle that they brought in for a visit, Darnell Wright, out of Tennessee. Just another pipeline player, right? The Saints love Tennessee. They love Ohio State. So that one makes a lot of sense. The other few that are worth keeping in mind, so Saints obviously could be in the market for a running back. They brought in Kendry Miller out of TCU. They've also had visits with Devon A. Chain, Devon A. Chain out of Texas A&M, and Dwayne McBride out of UAB. Um, if you're an LSU fan, you've seen all of these running backs. Well, at least not, well, maybe not Kendry Miller, but you've already seen Dwayne McBride and you've seen Devon A. Chain because they faced LSU last year. Both got shut down. Well, McBride got shut down, um, even though he's this prolific running back <laughs> and uh, A. Chain kind of ran over him. So yeah, that'll be interesting to see, not if they go running back, but where they go running back. Because I have a feeling you're going to bring in a running back somewhere. It's just a question of when and where and who, obviously. Yeah, I think we might have mentioned that before, and I, I totally agree. Obviously, on running back, I have I took one later on this time. It didn't go first round pick, and oh man, with the running you. back in this latest mock. But uh, I think we've mentioned it. Running back and tight end seem to be prime for drafting this year, especially 
one, their needs for the team, and two, you have an abundance of them in this draft that seem to be NFL ready or NFL top tier prospects that you uh, could put in your system. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't see the Saints going top end at the tight end position. But again, it's you have these mid round so picks, deep, though. right? You have these mid round picks, and you probably could end up landing uh, Luke Schoonmaker, the kid out of Michigan, in the fifth round, right? Like there's. There's going to be options in the mid rounds that I think are going to be intriguing if you're the Saints, and it's just a matter of what you do when you get there. One other thing we'll mention in this segment for moving on to to the mock draft edition of this podcast is Adam Shine, the NFL analyst for NFL.com. He picks his Cinderella team every year, right? Oh, okay, Tim, I thought you were talking about Peter Schrager the other day. I was. Oh, okay, but this is a different guy. Yeah, and yeah. So. This is something he's done the last five years. In 2017, he picked the Jaguars. They went 10 and 6. They won the AFC South. They ended up advancing to the AFC Championship game. That was actually a Blake Bortles, Leonard Fournette season. It was Leonard Fournette's rookie season. Next year, he picked the Chicago Bears. They went 12 and 4. They finished first in the NFC North. They lost in the wild card round. 2019, he picked the Buffalo Bills. They went 10 and 6, finished second in the AFC East, and won the wild or and uh, lost in the wild card round as a, as a wild card team. And so basically, the, the prerequisite here is. They had to miss the playoffs last season, like in the prior year. And they have to be outside of the, you know, popular Super Bowl picks, right? Like if you're a team that I'm trying to think like the Jets, for example, if they bring in Aaron Rodgers, everyone's going to suddenly ca- like vault them up to Super Bowl contenders. People aren't doing that with the Saints. So that's so they kind of land there. He said that he had a rough run in 2020 with the Arizona Cardinals. They went eight and eight. They finished third in the AFC, NFC West and missed the playoffs, but they did start the season five and two. The Cardinals have been notorious for falling off at the end of the season. So it was still a solid pick. They just, you know, fell off a cliff. 2021 picked the LA Chargers. They finished nine and eight, third in the AFC West and missed the playoffs in that crazy week 18 game where they could have made the playoffs with a tie. And instead they, they like wouldn't accept a tie. And Derek Carr ended up keeping them out of the playoffs in week 18. So that's another one where he kind of missed, but at the same time, they should have been in the playoffs. So you kind of count it. And then last year was the Miami Dolphins. This is another interesting one because they started eight and three right. and finished nine and eight and obviously got to the playoffs. They were second in the AFC East. They lost in the wild card round, but they had, I can't remember his name at quarterback. It was a third string quarterback. So anyway, all this is to say it's a pretty good track record of identifying teams that are ready to take a step forward from where they were a year ago, and he picked the Saints. And one of the main reasons is Derek Carr, right? Like, you have a team that has a good defense, that has quality players at a lot of key positions, and you now add a quarterback who not only has been effective, but has a track record of winning close games. Six of the Saints' 10 losses last year were one-score games. So when you if you add Derek Carr into that equation, don't you think they win maybe two of those games, right? And suddenly you're looking at 9-8. and eight. You win three of those games, suddenly you're looking at 10 and seven. So I think that's where you kind of look at it. I just think it's interesting. And I think you mentioned this a couple times on this podcast where the national outlook on this team is starting to get brighter as the season gets closer. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why that's changing, but I think it has something to do with when you have a quarterback, suddenly things seem a lot rosier and that's where the saints are right now. Yeah, considering obviously where things were last year, and you know you've you've moved on from your quote unquote starter from last season and Andy Dalton, even though he didn't start that way, 
And yeah, to, to me, I know that maybe the numbers don't really tell the whole story there, but I would, I would consider Carr a massive upgrade, honestly, over an Andy Dalton, who to me at this point in his career is that backup guy and was thrust into that starting role. And it was almost like I was, I was waiting for Jameis to take the job back. Never happened. The quarterback position just was so unsettled last year. And I feel like this team has a new lease on life kind of thing with Carr in the mix. Uh, we've heard great things about the Breeze-like comparison to what they want to do is what Derek Carr excels at to me. And I'm anxious to see, obviously, how that combo is. Is it going to be like that that Drew Breeze, Sean Payton relationship? Can Derek Carr and Pete Carmichael get that way? That's That's going to be so key. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't see it as a massive upgrade in the sense that if you look at the stats, it doesn't seem like that no, much right. of an upgrade at all. But I do consider it to be, and we've talked about this, I see it as a very circumstantial upgrade. <laughs> in, in instances where you need your quarterback to be the difference in a win or a loss, right? If the quarterback can go and lead a game-winning drive right now, you're going to win this game. If he can't, you're going to lose this game. In that specific scenario, which is one the Saints found themselves in multiple times last year and did not get it done, is where I think Derek Carr is a big upgrade. And it's a very important part of the game right. to be better at. And I, I always go back to this, that Bengals game, the Saints should have won that game. Even mm. though they blew the lead, they got the ball back at their own 30-yard line with just under two minutes to go and timeouts didn't get past the 50. I think they got to the, the Bengals 48 yard line. And that's the scenario where I see him. I see Derek Carr as a massive upgrade because if you win that game, you probably make the playoffs. If you win one more game throughout the course of the season, you probably make the playoffs. Same could have been said for 2021 with Trevor Simeon, right? Like you need to go win a game here and you can't do it. And one more game, you know, obviously Trevor Simeon wasn't the quarterback in week four against the Giants. But again, you're looking at one more win. Where was it? Where did we get, where did we not get it? Because you missed the get you missed the playoffs by one game, both seasons. And you know, you look at week 13 against the Bucs, right? All you need is one drive to put away this game. They couldn't get it. And you were just hoping you could hang on by the skin of your teeth. Even a field goal, you win that game. Right? Like you just need one more drive in these games and you couldn't get it. And that's where like that one extra scoring drive where it's the quarterback. That's the difference. And that's where Derek Carr, I think can put you over the top. And that's kind of what you have here. So this is a direct quote it says the saints finally have their post breeze answer at the position. They're going to take the wide open NFC South in 2023 and win at least one home playoff game. And I wouldn't bat an eye if they reached the NFC title match. That's wow. his prediction. And I, it's like, that's, it's not crazy when you look at the rest of the NFC, obviously too. And, and that's just like you need a quarterback. You need a quarterback, right? <laughs> right. And Dalton, sorry, as, as he was a good fill-in option, but definitely not that guy you can rely on game in and game out. Especially when, not like you mentioned those crucial situations where I need to move this ball downfield, and you just weren't definitely confident in him being able to push it down. Especially not at thirty-five years old, <laughs> right? Like it, he that was he's past the point in his career. I don't know if he ever was that guy, but he's past the point in his career where you could could have expected him to be that guy, and so. That's what you're hoping to get out of Derek Carr. And so I think, you know, I appreciate that some people are at least looking at this from that lens of like, 
this is a good team, and now it has a quarterback, and you're going to see how how high they can go. I think we've said this too. It's kind of surprising to see some of the the national take on the Saints is a lot rosier than maybe some of the I don't know about the local media, but definitely if see I feel like the fan base here is not so optimistic as they have been in years past, which is kind of I don't want to say surprising, but a, a little bit of a taking me back of the the addition so far, and and I don't I don't feel like hoodats are jumping you know out of their skin at the 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 addition so far from this team, but right now to me the car and the Jamal Williams ads are have been huge. I think the expectations are lower. I think that's kind of what you're reading is like if in 2021 the expectation was this team isn't going to miss a beat. They're gonna you know that they, they might even view Jameis as an upgrade because of the arm strength and the fact that, that Drew was true. kind of falling off. And yeah, deteriorating. And that's why nine and eight felt like just a complete disaster. Last year, the expectations went down a bit, but you were still hoping for 10 and seven and a playoff team at minimum. And eight and nine or seven and 10 felt like a disaster. Right. Now this year, it's like, what are your expectations? Are your expectations to improve? Are they to get to nine and eight? Are they to get to 10 and seven? Are they to get to 11 and six and win the NFC South and win the NFC and make a Super Bowl? Like that's like, I think that's where you're seeing it is like the expectations for what this team should be expected to do. What what they should be capable of and what they might achieve are completely different from the last few years of the Drew Brees era, and I think that's why you're not you're not seeing excitement because it's like how many times you can get burned before you know you 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 uh, don't put your hand on the stove again. And I think it's funny too. Obviously, there were so many fans that were, you know, just pining over let's get to the next quarterback. Drew Brees is done, and now those little things that Drew was able to do and still be accurate. Uh, you, you definitely missed that kind of quote-unquote field general. But I do think Derek Carr brings that kind of that respect, that presence to the field, uh, I'll say, where it just it, there were just so many key situations where the offense was inept last season. And I think that's going to be a big difference for this year of getting over the hump. Yeah, I think people, yeah, there, there did seem to be a lot of people who were like, he needs to retire already. And now I think they're like, can, Man, come, can back? He come back? Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's have that segment. We're going to get into mock drafts. Uh, we're going to start with Steve's. We're going to do two separate segments this time because last time we tried to do both in one segment and ended up being 40 minutes anyway. They so might as well just break it up. So we're going to spend the second segment all on Steve's incorrect picks. And we're going to spend the third segment all on my correct picks. All right. Does that sound good to you, Steve? Yeah. You sound like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> all of everything that I said wrong. That's what I was going for. So <laughs> good. All right. Keep it locked on the inside, black to go. Who that? <laughs> 